When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture every single Monday and Friday. We drop new episodes right there for you wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Going to have more episodes coming this week. Hoping we can get Joe on one of them in the not-too-distant future. Talking fantasy football. Plus, Game Source. Also, so, that's right. The man indeed. Yes, there you go. Rob Van Dam. There you go. There you go. RVD, baby. But also as well, you can go ahead and support Joe, a.k.a. Ox1947, today at LakersBall.com. Our good friends, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, the number one Laker blogger out there. He is actually the number one Laker blogger, according to the stats. And you can go ahead and check out his blogs today and Jamie Sweet's as well at LakerHolics.com. Plus, go ahead and check out Laker Tom's latest trade. And another reason why I want him to go ahead now and replace Kevin Pritchard as the GM for Indiana. Just go ahead and check out his latest eccentric trade today at Laker Tom on Twitter. You'll be glad you did. Plus also as well, our good friends, the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the well with all the hubbub and all the hype and everything that went down with the excitement of LeBron, signing his extension for two years, another one plus one. So at least we get LeBron now, hopefully for an additional year, possibly even two beyond that. So we'll see what happens there. Amaro, hey, the show, appreciate, appreciate the love out there, my friend. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having you aboard. Appreciate you watching. And with all the excitement that came from it, really in Lakerland, we kind of tempered down our enthusiasm for the schedule that was also released that same day. So I, we covered a little bit as far as the, the Lakers, as far as not really substantial highs, not really substantial lows in the schedule. Seems to be where the Lakers do have some tough bits in the road. It gets a little bit sprinkled in with some easy games here or there, or at least on the surface, what should be the easy games. So it looks like an overall kind of fair schedule. 
But I did some digging in and some research and also checked out the Twitter page. I showed it on the actual chat right there for you. Ed Kupfer at Twitter.com. He's uh, right there for you if you want to go ahead and check out his work. He has a, does an extensive job on the schedules as far as what each team is going to be doing, traveling, who gets more rest, who doesn't, miles traveled, the whole nine yards. He goes into great depth on the schedule. And along with what I was checking out as far as the first 10 games or so is concerned. So I, I had some thoughts on it. And here today to talk about that, plus is a Utah trade really viable for the team? I'm going to go ahead and talk about that as well with my good friend, Mr. Joe Sorrell. And Joe, let me just go ahead and break this down for you as far as the good and the bad, as far as what, you know, what we saw and what I just also based off of Ed, the Twitter, Ed Cooper. Uh, I want to go ahead and give him credit again on that. The good for the Lakers, if you look at it, and we'll break down the, the first few games or so here in a second, but the good is they are second in the NBA of having more days rest than their opponent. The good is also is that they have 12, only 12 back-to-backs, which is tied for the lowest in the NBA with several other teams, about three or four other teams. The bad is that they have the 11th toughest schedule. The bad is that they have the second most miles travel or that they have to travel. And that the bad is also the seventh that the NBA opponent that they have, they're seventh in the NBA where the opponent has more rest days than Lakers. So hearing that, again, it's a little bit tough in places, but then still, overall, I think it's a somewhat fair schedule. The travel is going to be the big key, I think, here, and but they do get more rest than their opponents, almost more than anybody else in the NBA. So your thoughts, looking at the NBA schedule, looking and seeing what the statistics bear out with Ed Cooper on Twitter about how the, the schedule breaks down for the Los Angeles Lakers. The stat that I that kind of, I guess, hit me first was 16 out of 20 are the Western Conference opponents. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to continue to say that the Western Conference is the most viable conference, uh, we have a a flip of the strength of schedule from last year. Last year, I believe the Lakers had the, the softest schedule of any team the first month and a half. Yes. And they and we were talking about it in December about how this thing's going to get much more rough and it turned out exactly like that. Yeah. So if you couldn't if they could have taken advantage of a soft schedule, they may have been able to weather the the storm, so to speak, towards the end of the year. But I will since- say though that the mileage for the Lakers, especially the mileage that they put in the area as far as after uh, New Year's, between New Year's and the All Star break, they're going to be doing a ton of miles, and they're going to even if they do get more days off than the other team, they're still going to feel the fatigue there. Well, that's why you got younger players, right? Aren't younger yeah. players supposed to be able to weather these travel times with all so. the with all the first class flights and the massage therapists on board and all the nice pharmaceutical things that can help heal you quicker and all the pampering that movie stars get? You, you would think that would be something that would help, right? No, nah, that's not going to help. It's going to be, well, we played hard and it's, we need more. Because um, it's hard going from one five-star hotel to another. It's very hard. And it's very hard to 
have, you know, when you're injured, getting paid a million dollars for that game that you're not playing because I don't know, maybe you didn't feel like playing. Uh, there is absolutely no sympathy whatsoever, whatsoever on any player that's under 30 in this era of, of basketball. I'll give, uh, I'll give LeBron a reprieve. He's going into his 20th season. I'll give a reprieve to Udonis Haslam. He'll be the third player, I believe, in NBA history to play 20 seasons with the same team. The other two are Kurt, uh, Dirk Nowitzki and Kobe Bryant. Actually, um, do you really say play? Because when you know, how many games has he played in the actual last decade? I actually don't remember. Literally, remember seeing him play for the last six years. I think it's about 40, 50 games max on that. So, but hey, look, we're it's not we're we're in an era where if you believe you played, you played. Okay. You played. He was there at practice, and he's there behind the bench. Come on, Gerald. We have to acclimate to the current culture in the world. He believes probably that he played, and so hey, do, God bless him. If he can still get those paychecks in his twentieth year, it, 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 it inspires it, it inspires me to believe that I played for the Lakers a couple games in the last ten years. And if you don't agree with it, you're you're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. So. Strength of schedule is going to be very, very apparent here. And it's going to be very important to understand that there's a very good chance, should the team stay where it is, should the team decide to play, we could be looking at being eliminated from the playoffs within the first 20 games. So this is going to be very interesting how this plays out. The first numbers that came to my head when I saw the first 20 games was if we get out of this with a 10 and 10 record we might have dodged a bullet and then at that point it's just trying to see if these young guys can you know keep their heads up from all the crazy traveling that they got to do and you know see we see what happens when they start hitting the road during the grammy trips and all those things that's right because again during the period between January 1st and the All-Star game, nobody does more traveling as far as mileage than the Los Angeles Lakers. I just wanted to put that again in perspective. Yes, it is cushy five-star hotels, but still, it's traveling. I mean, everybody, when they're traveling that that kind of distance, is going to feel it to some effect, young or old. So I'll give a little bit of a break on that. I know Joe's still, still saying that there's some... Uh, issues on that but you know i will go ahead and say right now that it's going to be a little bit of a uh, maybe on as far as on the back end well as far as even though the games might be a little bit easier it's still going to be tough as far as the number of miles i still think though that it's it's fair it's not totally unfair if you look at the again the twitter account for ed cooper uh it looks like you know it looks like to me anyways that's ed K-U-P-F-E-R, that if you're in Oklahoma City, the schedule looks really unfair for you as far as the strengths of schedule and everything that goes takes place. Also, San Antonio doesn't seem to get a fair shake for a team that looks like it's going to be tanking anyways. But here today to talk about the schedule and Utah, it's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out. As I said earlier, he is the number one Lakers blogger out there, according to the stats. And also, if you check out his page today at Lakerholics.com, it is Laker Tom, the new general manager for the Indiana Pacers. If you go ahead and check out his latest trade today at Laker Tom. <laughs> Just to see the comments, people need to go ahead and check out the trade. 
and then go check out the comments for and against the trade. So every there went from people loving it to people asking if you were taking something illegal. So I just love the responses back on that. Johnny 2K6, great to have you back. Truly appreciate it. But Laker Tom, you're checking out what we see. Again, the good is second in the league and having more days rest than their opponent. The good is they're tied for the lowest in the NBA is 12 back-to-backs. The bad is that they have the 11th toughest schedule in the league. They have the second most miles traveled as far as overall during the course of the season, especially between January and the All-Star break. That's really going to be tough as far as miles. And the seventh in the NBA where the opponent has more rest days than the Lakers. So there will be not as many days where both teams have the same amount of rest. So your thoughts on this, I mean, to, when you it's, look at it's overall... It's all BS and none of it matters. Well, I mean... I mean some first of off, you're basing this all upon last year's last year's rankings of the teams and so forth, which well, is going to be just... totally different this year. Okay. And to be truthful, it's things out of their control that the players don't worry about, the teams don't worry about, and only fans who are bored to death and, and can't figure out what else to do worry about. Um, it well, doesn't I mean, matter. the mileage is, and the days are off as far as that's concerned. You play the, games, you you play the games that are scheduled and you hope you win. Well, with a 38-year-old LeBron and a very often injured AD, you have to look at those kind of things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. I, schedule, I think it does. The schedule has never won somebody an NBA championship. Okay. Fair enough. We unless, just you're one of the, unless you're one of the fantasy conspiracy people who think that the Lakers in the bubble was the only reason they won was because of the bubble, which I don't think is true at all. But no, they, to me it was basically like talent. To, other teams like to fantasize that that's the only reason why the Lakers won. I'll, I'll give you a, a paradox on that as far as the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go ahead and comment on the uh, EuroLeague comment that was just dropped on there. I will say that the good was the fact that the Lakers got that time off. AD and LeBron got that time off. And you got to admit, anytime a player that's you know getting up there in age or a player that's often injured getting four months off, it's going to help. Yep. But the the thing is that detractors from everybody's as long well as, as they can get team. back on track real quick, which sometimes doesn't. Well, happen. remember during the seat during the, that regular eight game season, they were awful, and you and I were promoting that fact heading into the playoffs. I remember that we were like almost like a it was like a a, a funeral. We were thinking that going in, we thought it was a, they were all but dead. But you know, I will say again that the good with the Lakers team is that their third man, which was their defense. Their defense, their defense was really what helped carry them. And if you saw, I was actually checking out the the game six the other night, as far as on YouTube, and checking out that game entirely. The Lakers clamped down Miami was just something that you would love to see today in Lakers team with a Lakers team today. And really, was it was the defense that helped spur them and would have carried them against any other team in the bubble or outside the bubble that year. And I'll just say, and, and who were the who were the two real stars on defense there? Gerald, well, I'm just of the. Actually, you could go from as far as KCP, Alex Caruso. You could go from. Now you're missing uh, the top two guys. The guys well, both who volunteered AD was to guard that. the other team's best players, who actually shut them down at. Well, AD moments. was AD was AD was incredible that series. LeBron especially in was that incredible. Game. AD was Le- incredible. LeBron was great as far as in the transition. And they both, they the both shot the best that they've ever shot from outside in the playoffs. 
Yeah, again, yeah, but he was great as far as the transition. That was the that was a big key was the transition yeah. that they continually put the pressure on Miami. Yeah, and again, I just I don't think you know anybody who says it's the bubble championship and all that garbage. Just you know, there's just no excuse. Yes, the four months of rest helped, but the results it, were there. It, but it's so hard to predict that yeah. a schedule is going to affect the way a team starts or the, how they finishes or what challenges they face during the year. It, it really doesn't matter, you know. If you get if you have a tough schedule at the start, you get the benefit of an easy schedule at the end. But then, um, as Joe indicated, it was so easy for the Lakers to start off with, and then you know from last year, and, and it went downhill from there. Well, yeah, but it, that was a funny year because there was there was a lot more happening, and, and hopefully, once we get some perspective and we're a couple of years away, there was a lot more happening last year than just Russell Westbrook. Um, and the injuries and the coaching situation. You know, there's no doubt that uh, there was serious conflicts between the front office and what they were giving the coach and, and interfering with what the coach could do in, as far as making substitutions or, or being able to control Russ. Um, and I think the team learned a lot about that. You know, I mean, you win a championship and things change. Some players become complacent. Others get hungrier. Some totally lose hunger. And and the team starts to, you know, it, it, the team starts to look at everything a little differently, you know. And, and uh, after 10 years, you know, everybody was so grateful when we won that bubble championship and, and what a challenge it was and the fact that all of the critics had forgotten that we had just wiped out the Clippers and the Bucks, the two teams that supposedly – we didn't have to meet in the playoffs, but we'd crush them in the, the last games played before the before the COVID layoff. Um, that was a team that was just destined to win that year, and we would have won no matter what. But the schedule doesn't have anything to do with that, and, and I don't think it has anything to do with this season. And it's great fodder for people to have on talk shows like us and talk on podcasts about, but in the end, it, it really – isn't going to matter a little bit because you play the games the way they're scheduled and, and how they're scheduled and uh, teams will have their ups and downs. And by the end of the season, hopefully there'll be a good idea of whether what kind of team will be. And hopefully we'll make the playoffs. I, you know, you can't look at the roster now because the roster now probably wouldn't even make the play in tournament. They're missing the three or four players that they'll get back from trades. And, and one of the, one of the reasons, for example, the trade with the Utah jazz, just to give you a, Segu into your next subject is did you get depth? Because you can get probably four players. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being 
being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, I do want to touch on this Real Madrid comments that are coming on the chat. So I do, do want to chat, actually elaborate on that here in a second. And I know Joe has been in the chat room. Do you want to go ahead and say, tell everybody, Joe, and I get you back in here. The Lakers start off with Golden State away. Then they come back home for the Clippers. They're home for the Trailblazers, away for the Denver Nuggets. They're away for Minnesota Timberwolves. They're back home for the Denver Nuggets. They're home for the New Orleans Pelicans home for the Utah Jazz, home for the Cleveland Cavaliers, away for the Utah Jazz, the Clippers, back home for the Sacramento Kings, and then home for the Brooklyn Nets and the Detroit Pistons and the San Antonio Spurs before they head back to I agree with you. If they can start out maybe 10 and 10, maybe they can what go ahead. What are you talking about? The Lakers. Right now, as they stand at Vegas, they're the eighth place team in Vegas. So if we go based off that, you know, I think if they're in the play-in tournament, they're between 7 and 10. Like I said, I think if they get out of this, it's a pretty tough schedule to start off with. If they get out of it 10 and 10, and then they look things look better by you know late November, December, I think, like I said, they can go ahead and, and with ever, whatever team that they have, they can go ahead and end the year on a good solid note. Joe, your thoughts? I mean, like you said, if they come out, I think as far as the first 20 games or so, 10 and 10, I think at least they can go ahead into the end of the year and end up uh, maybe with a, with a good solid winning record heading into the, again, January through February to the all-star period where they have a really tough travel schedule, so to speak. Yeah, the first 10 games, seven of them are at home. And there's a lot of gaps in between game one and two. The league, whether they did it on purpose or not, kind of gave the Lakers some some areas of, normal, I guess, rest. Is, is that the word I wanted to use? Yes. They give them enough rest in between some of these games to let them contemplate their situation a little bit more. It's very hard to predict what might happen because, again, we like Tom said, we're not sure how this team's going to end end up on a, on a roster situation. Utah trade, I, I haven't had a chance to really dice, you know digest it enough, but I'm thinking to myself, there's going to be a trade that will – allow us to get rid of what we want to get rid of and return something of value. It's likely not going to be a Kyrie Irving though, at least get something addition by subtraction is New York really wants Donovan Mitchell. So if there's something bartered between let's say Utah, New York and LA to where Utah gets what they want, which will likely be assets in the, in the, in the draft and New York will take, the expiring contract will take some of their stuff and maybe get something of value back as well beyond just, let's say, Julius Randle, then I think there's something there that's kind of a little realistic. 
Do we send both first rounders to Utah? Does New York send another couple to Utah? Does the Knicks send us Randall and some things that we need in, in taking Westbrook? You know, all these things are going to have to be figured out. In the end, it's it's likely going to be the most realistic way we can we can we can probably get something of value, not the value that we want, but some value and and get and and do what's most important here is getting rid of a major problem in Westbrook. But we would I don't know it's it's a very diff, it's still a difficult situation. I just I think there's going to have to be some kind of a, a a conclusion here in the next three weeks. I believe. Mid-September has to be at the last second, the last second area, right? To 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 do something, whether Durant's gonna stay or Kyrie's gonna get traded. You know, w- w- no one really knows anything that's going on. And I think what happened was, I think the general managers got together and they said, "Don't be don't be jerks. Just if this works, it works. If not, stop putting feelers out there to create buzz. It's not gonna work. Let's let's do this." Kind of like the whole negotiation with the the Griner thing with Russia, you know, it's it, it, it went public, and one side said, "Don't talk about this publicly," and I think that's what's going on with with Kyrie, with the Lakers situation, with whatever, with the Durant is people are not going to talk about it like they like they normally do, and they're going to let at some point one side or the other say, "All right, we're staying," or "Okay, we're going to make this deal." And all, all I want is I want Westbrook off the team. I don't care if you trade him or if he's still here. Either way, I want him off the team. I don't want him being on the team at the beginning of the year. Either one of those things would make me happy. Something would make me more happy, but I, I, I still don't know. Even if we get what we want, it's going to matter because we still have to wait to see if AD can handle an 82-game season, and we still have to see if, LeBron can be LeBron. I mean, I know he's he's indestructible at this point, but he's still a human being. There might be a time where he hits the wall. This this might be the year, maybe next year. I don't know. But LeBron has made a commitment to the team, and I think he probably sat down and finally said, okay, I got to come to the realization that I might might have to sacrifice this season. We might have to get through this Westbrook thing before next summer when we can acquire more talent and then I can start winning. I can go out. We can become a title contender that year. I think that would be something that if I was in his position, I would be thinking about that. And that may well very well, may well very be what, what, what his situation is going to have to be. Uh, If you're trying to go ahead and just still get players on the team, like Tom is talking about with three or four players. I know one of the teams that has been mentioned is Utah and Utah for what has been asked, I'd really think is, is just not going to do it. You know, if you want to go ahead and maybe if you tie in THT's contract along with Westbrook, you can get four decent players, which might actually move the needle a little bit for the Lakers, but the current packages that have been offered for Utah don't cut it, especially if, if you have to give up one or both of the first round draft picks. I know Laker Tom has been trying hard to go ahead and play Mr. Trade Machine on at Laker Tom on Twitter. Again, very polarizing from the people that love you to the people as as still the, the one that said you're taking illegal drugs. I thought was out of line, but it was funny no less. But 
Your thoughts on this Utah trade? Again, I think it only works for me if you go ahead and add in THT's salary in the mix, then you could go ahead and get a Jordan Clarkson, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You go ahead and get a Patrick Beverly, but you can also add on uh, another player onto the mix that can also help your rotation because, again, I, I don't see it uh, you know, going to that length of, of trading those first-round picks for those players unless you're really going to take a lot off the books. Well, I think people are just jumping too much to a conclusion that if a trade is discussed and talked about and it isn't consummated right away that they don't realize that it's just like Joe said, until the middle of September, there's really no urgency for anybody to do anything. Half these guys are on vacation right now anyway. This is there's really the off season because training camp starts in 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 the middle to late of September. And then that's basically the soft deadline when these deals have to be done. And I keep addressing the different deals because of the point I'm trying to make, which is that there are several options for the Lakers to trade Russell Westbrook and and receive back three legitimate rotation players. Let's say anywhere between two to four legitimate rotation players, depending upon the salaries of the players that you're bringing back and so forth. And there are at least four good options that make sense. Obviously, the Nets are one of the options. Um, the word from the Nets right at the present is that Two first-round picks is not enough. Russ and two first-round picks is not enough. They need to have a uh, win-now player added to the mix somehow. And then you have the uh, Pacers who say two picks is fine. We'll give you Heald and Turner for them, but not for one. And the Lakers say, no, we're not going to give you two picks. The Jazz probably, I think, fall. For me, they fall fourth on the list. And uh, Bogdanovich, Conley, so that you have a point guard and I would take uh, Conley. And Bogdan probably are the, are the guys that you really want on that team. I don't like small point guards. Conley. He's, he's, he's also, he, he's got 22 a year for two years. So that's yeah. nothing I would yeah. probably say no to. Yeah, but the, the good thing about it is that take four players because they're going to match salaries. They don't want to, extra salary means extra luxury taxes and Genie's, Genie's not going to go for that. Well, hold um, on. I've got one for you. Hold on. If mm-hmm. you if you go Westbrook, THT, Stanley Johnson, and Wenyan Gabriel for Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Patrick Beverly. So that's four for four right there. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I like Pat. I like Pat Beverly. Both and sixty-one, I like... and it's sixty-one million dollars each. So it's basically a wash. There's only a hundred thousand dollar difference between that. Yeah, I don't mind that. It recently signed. I think there's a there might be a little delay to August 30th or something on a couple of I, the, you know there's an there's another trade that I find more interesting it was just proposed and by Tim Bontomps and it's basically the Orlando Magic and the trade would be Westbrook for Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, and uh, who's the third guy? Was it Cole Anthony? Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Okay. And the thing is, is that the real this is a this is this is probably of all of the trades, including the Kyrie trade and including the trade with uh, Miles Turner. This trade probably has the lowest floor because of Isaac's injury history. He hasn't played for two years. He's had two but, two knee injuries, I believe. Two knee injuries, same injury, same knee. Um, but he's man, he is his ceiling is that he could be 
he could be Anthony Davis. He's the next version of Anthony Davis. He can guard all five positions. He had was before he got injured, he was averaged 29 minutes a game and averaging like 13 points and uh, seven rebounds, 2.3 blocks, 1.6 steals per game. That's like almost four stocks per game. But that was two knee injuries ago. Yeah. Well, there you go. A new team in the mix, possibly for the Lakers, as far as that's concerned. Joe, any thoughts on Orlando? Would you rather lean towards Utah? Again, I had, uh, as far as the trade I'm proposing, picks aside would be Russell Westbrook, THT, Stanley Johnson, and Wendy Gabriel for Boyan, Bogdanovich, Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, and Patrick Beverly. Orlando with Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, and Terrence Ross would be in the mix for a trade. So your thoughts on that? I don't know if any really moves the needle in any substantial fashion, but, you know, it's some solid players there. You move the needle automatically by sending Westbrook out. And then at that point, yeah, at that point, you, you, you get a chance to see how good Darvin Ham is as a coach. When you have good role players who have a coach that can put them in the right places, and then you have a healthy AD and, and LeBron, you're, you're, you're likely going to get at least a little bit more positive uh, chemistry, a little bit more positive basketball play. I would say the Lakers probably have a few deals waiting. It's just they want to make sure that the Kyrie thing is done. So I, I believe the second Durant says I'm staying, Kyrie is going to stay, and then that deal is done. And then it shifts over to whether it's going to be a Utah deal, a Nick deal, or an Orlando deal, or a Charlotte deal. And I think that's what's that's what's there for the Lakers. I, I just don't see any 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 intelligence in in, in in keeping Westbrook now that LeBron has officially uh, extended his contract. Now it's go time. Now you know he's going to be there. After 2023, at the very least, let's try and see if we can use this season at least as a springboard to bringing in some better chemistry. And then maybe if we're we make the playoffs and we get to the second round, then you can evaluate the team and go, man, we're only a, a Chris Middleton away from from probably going to the finals in 2024. So we're gonna have some money left over. Let's go ahead and. And, and, and go after a player like that, that would be the perfect three guy. And that's how I'm looking at it at this moment. That's that's one of the names that's going to be available next year. Should he not want to go back to Milwaukee, which that's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to stay. But let's just say he does it. Now you have the opportunity to get somebody like that because you will have the money to do so. And then you'll have some young guys that will have – hopefully shown themselves to be valuable to the team, just like KCP did, just like Kuzma did, just like Caruso did. You know, the NBA seems to be spitting out a lot of guys that weren't maybe touted high enough, weren't working in certain places, but if they get to the right team, they might flourish, which I believe that's what happened with us in 2020. So it's, 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 let's hurry up and wait. That's, that's how Hollywood is, right? Hollywood yep. is a butter. Hurry up and waiting. We are in the as as the hurry up and waiting as we've ever been in. <laughs> and, well, we're still a month away from training camp. Well, we are, but this thing has to be decided before then. At least, 
at least by mid-September. I, I don't see how there's going to be a trade in October. I've, I have, has anyone here ever seen a trade done during training camp? Uh, occasionally, but it's not, you know, like not for a big point. name, not for a big name. I, I, I'm going to go on record to say that we're three weeks away from finding out what the heck's going to happen here with all these teams. The second the Durant thing is done, I mean, saying I'm staying, then at that point, you, you just watch by the hour. It's going to be a trade here, a trade there, you know, Utah, New York, whatever. I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, Durant derailed this offseason wor- worse than I've seen any player derail anything in the NBA. He derailed everything in the last month and 21 days. It's crazy. No one's doing anything. What are they waiting for? Who's going to take the first steps? They're like, we're not taking any steps until the Durant thing's done. That's essentially what we've been doing. It's really mind-boggling what's going on here. So, Laker Tom has now moved Orlando to number three, I think behind Indiana and uh, Brooklyn, I guess, on your top trade targets list. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, fair enough. I'm just trying to gauge it. And I'm happy you got all green bars back because you were, I don't know, just so weird because hmm. you got went from green to red. It, and just like it's, it's just com. I have Comcast business internet, one gigabyte, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I will say what petting my cat said. Petting my cat said Tom has the same internet provider. I saw that Sean. comment. I saw yeah. that comment. <laughs> I uh, I will take that in jest. Okay, fair enough indeed. I think we could all complain about our cable company's internet from time to time. Well, I I, I, I swear it's taking longer now. It, it seems like everything is buffered. I'll I'll, I'll Tom, click. Tom has one one five minute. Bad connection, and now all of a sudden he's Sean. That's kind of messed up. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's how you Sean. look on YouTube. Uh, you look on YouTube, indeed. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. And before we head on out, just want to go ahead and mention again, you can contact us at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Read Laker Tom's latest article today because he is the number one Lakers blogger <laughs> out there. I'm going to stress it. I'm going to advertise it. So people got to check it out. What does go that mean? Ahead. He's actually posted more blogs within, I guess, a recent amount of time, according to what Feedspot, than anyone else. I think is this, fifteen is this, blogs. Is this done by Elias Sports Bureau? No, Feedspot. Feedspot, I guess, rated all the active Laker sites, and there are not that many anymore. So then they had Laker Tom Lakerholics.com, and he was they're the an only... aggregator. They're an aggregator who sends out, who yeah. follows like ten to twenty blogs. Yeah. Um, so there you and, go. And what it basically means is that I'm more prolific than anybody else. Well, there you go. But number one, there you go. Make yourself know. Be proud. Pat yourself on the back, man. That's right. There you go. go. Number one. But Jamie wasn't on the list there. That was kind of disappointing. So got to go ahead and get him to go ahead and get in there. Because it's by by number of posts rather than. Uh, I got to get him going on those five things articles today. But. Before we head on out, I want to break it up into five one thing articles. Absolutely. Could do that indeed. But before we head on out, guys, I wanted to go ahead and talk about this conversation that was taking place in the chat room earlier about the Euro League. We had someone from overseas going ahead and and talking about it and appreciate him stopping by and, and letting us know his thoughts on the Euro League and how 
They think that Real Madrid is an NBA-level team, and there are several other teams that he thinks could compete in the NBA. Now, every year they do stop by and play exhibition games against the or some of the NBA teams before the, the NBA starts its season. I think when you talk to my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow of the Locked On the NBA Draft podcast, you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as far as there's concerned, but also as well, everything that he does for NBA Draft Junkies as well. But I think he, who has gone overseas and seen many a game in the EuroLeague and, and all over the world, would tell you, that, you know, I, I'm not going to dissuade the fact that it is a great experience and the fireworks and the fans and the cheering. It is unlike anything you see here in the NBA. I will never dispute that as far as the fan support in these EuroLeague and also all over the world as far as internationally on these games. But the talent level, 1 through 15, even Real Madrid, I'm not sure stacks up on a consistent basis with what the NBA has to offer. Joe, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I think that maybe would be a high-level G League team. I think that's probably where I would I be saying that mm. on a basis with Houston or with with uh, you know Utah if they fully tank or some of the lower end teams. Well, if we're t- let's say we pick Slovenia, they're the number one team in in the Euro League. Uh-huh. I I would say Barcelona. You remember the CBA? <laughs> yeah. Before Isaiah Thomas destroyed it, <laughs> I think I think that's kind of the just like the the. Uh, well, you think there may be a step above the G League, okay. but a step below the NBA. It, 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 I, I'd say it's a, a little bit above the G League, and yeah. it, it's very similar to the <laughs> CFL in the in, in football. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, uh, and some people have refuted the the, the, the talk. Some people talk you know, out of the rear ends, but it's very competitive league, the CFL, and there's a lot of good talent up there. And I'd say that's probably the closest thing. You have a viable league that has talent that can survive because it's entertaining enough to where people support it. And that's kind of where it stays. When you compare the, the Euro League versus the NBA, there's this switch that NBA players have. Uh, it's very similar to when Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were discussing when Tony Kukoc was arriving onto the scene. And when they played Tony in the Olympics, they they went at him pretty hard, right? And Tony's sitting there going like, geez, these guys are trying to eat me alive. Now, you, you only really heard about the first time that happened. The second time he played, he adjusted and he actually didn't play too bad even though they were trying to do the same thing. So like anything else, you're, you're going to get this, uh, you're going to get the players in the NBA that are going to be like trying a little harder because they're going against these guys that probably are inferior to them. But after a while, there is an adjustment period and they would adjust to a degree, but I don't think it's substantial enough to be able to compete with the talent. It's just NBA players are, are freaks of nature, man. You're talking about guys that are six eight that can jump out the building and can shoot now better than ever. So what used to be a, Hey, these guys in Europe can shoot. And then the guys in the NBA are the athletes. Now in the NBA, these guys are not only even bigger athletes or better athletes. They can shoot that out of, out of the, out of the gym. You have no shot now, even more than before. 
So, yeah, I would say if there was a comparison I had to put it at, you have a viable league, just like the CFL in, in football, and that's what they are versus the NFL. It's, it's really level of competition is always going to be there. And once in a while, you'll pick certain guys out of there here and there that work. But the difference between, let's say, a, a Drogic, a uh, Luca, you know, those guys were pretty much like they never really – I know they start young over there, but yeah, they were playing a seventeen and eighteen year old. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that they're only playing there at seventeen because they can't play in the NBA, right? Yeah. Had they if there's no there was no age limit, they'd let seventeen year olds play. Luca would have never played in in in, in the Euro League or in Europe. He'd be everybody's ready to come to the NBA, and that's how you know that there's a there's a difference in terms of talent and and, and execution. So I'll throw this out there in a little bit different to Laker, Tom. Uh, Houston or San Antonio, they're both predicted to be right around the bottom of the league. Let's let's use them as an example. So if they met 82 times against, you know, a EuroLeague team, either what you could put in Barcelona, Real Madrid, whatever, whatever top EuroLeague team there is. So I'll throw that question back to you, Joe, while Laker Tom was working on his volume. If that was the case, so what would you see as far as work? Because I'm, I'm assuming that the EuroLeague team would actually win at least maybe one or two, three games, maybe. Um, but they wouldn't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they would meet beat them 41 times out of 82 times. Would be my would be what I'm trying to say. If you're factoring in all the variables, injuries, focus, all that, let's say you have a team playing. A, let's say you have an NBA team like San Antonio with coached by uh, Greg Popovich playing a Slovenia team. Uh, I'd say 10, 15, maybe. I'd say the first number that came to my head. Are you taking, are you saying 82 games? Yeah. Out of 82 games. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking 72 and 10. Okay. Yeah. Tom uh, back online. Tom, you okay? Can you hear us? Yep. Yep. Okay, good. Back to you. All right, we can hear you. Good. So let's say the lowest NBA team versus the top EuroLeague team. What do you think the record would be for the uh, NBA team? Let's let's use the bet from that. Sense. The best EuroLeague team against the worst NBA team. Yeah, and I'm not trying to demean the mm-hmm. EuroLeague team. I just think that as far as from a one to fifteen player, fifty to thirty-two, fifteen, fifty to 15, thirty-two, 30. because we're talking about teams. It's yeah. not the talent level. One, one, one team has been designed and put together to lose. The other team is a team that has a probably already developed through several years a culture of winning, you know, and, and good, that team is just going to be like a machine against a bunch, of, a bunch of guys that are just put together at the last minute designed to lose. They've got to be able to dominate those guys. I, I think that there is a disparity in the talent, but there's also – there's also, I think, a tendency to play a lot more team basketball in Europe than there is in the NBA, especially in the teams that are the losing teams. You know, they're they're the teams that basically don't have a culture and don't they haven't dem- demonstrated that they can develop a chemistry yet. Um, it's why they it's why they lose, even though they're very talented. They're young, and they're going to be playing against an older, more mature Euroleague champions. You know. Now, I don't think if you were to compare the worst team in the NBA with the worst team in the EuroLeague, I think then you're talking 10 to 72. 
Um, if you're to compare the best team again in the EuroLeague versus the best team in the NBA, you were talking about 10 and 72. But if you really want to compare the differences between the league, I like I like what the comparison you came up with because I think it illustrates that that the EuroLeague team, there's a in a Zen diagram, there's a big overlap where the EuroLeague team is better. Yeah. Well, again, that, like opinion. you said, teamwork and mindset and confidence. Winning, uh, winning age. It's age. It's also age. You're talking about a team that's guys that are in their thirties if they're the champs, mm-hmm. as opposed to the young rookies. And a bunch of, versus a bunch of twenty-one and twenty-two and twenty-three year olds who haven't learned how to win yet. Okay, that's uh, that's good that's why I, that's why I mentioned Greg Popovich for the Spurs. There, there would be a, a team-oriented team that's being put together there, regardless of the talent, and it, it would work. It would work. But if it was an Orlando team with when Fred Vogel was coaching it, maybe yeah, then that would be a problem. Yeah, it's the it's the difference between taking the worst in both leagues against the best in both leagues, or the worst in one league against the best in the other league. Then it's a that that changes the whole conversation because. The Euroleague teams, they, they play, like Joe said, they fill the stands. Players come, the atmosphere up, is come great. up and walk yeah, and play, and there's a lot of NBA-quality players out there. I, I, if I had to make a guess, I would probably say that probably at least 20% of the players in the Euroleague could be players in, in, in the NBA. That's a, that's a good assessment. Uh, I, 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 won't, I won't tell you differently on that. I love though, Joe, that gets the swiping shot on Frank Vogel. I mean, my gosh, he's somewhere on the golf course and he just like, what knocked me over? Oh, that was just another swipe. Someone took me. I mean, my gosh, the poor guy can never get a break. Frank, Frank should write a book about how Russell Westbrook trade came about the inside story. <laughs> uh, that's what he should do. But uh, Joe, uh, any last thoughts on this EuroLeague situation or this EuroLeague comments? Before well, I'd we like to. That? I would like to go see games actually over there, and I plan to. Once As I would go I. To Europe. Yeah. Yeah. There's As there's a I. lot of there's a lot of there's a massive amounts of there's a huge bucket list of sports things I want to do before uh, I perish, and I'm hoping that my business dealings in the next year or so will allow me to have the resources to do that. There are those who get bored in life. They, they puzzle me because there's so many things you can explore in this world that could take up a lot of the, the time. But one of the things I do want to do is I do want to go to Europe and, and obviously see a history and things there, but also just like anything else in my life, I am, I'm looking at the nearest stadiums to go look at sporting events, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whatever it is. And in Europe, I know soccer and basketball dominate, so I definitely would like to go see uh, some games there to get a, get, a, get a feel for the atmosphere, get to see the, the different cultures and things like that. Uh, that's the stuff that I appreciate. That's the stuff that's 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 good to see to to kind of correlate with what you see when you go to your normal games here in the, the states. And at that point, I might be able to give you a better assessment of what what I would think. I'm sure there's somebody from Slovenia listening and saying you're out of your mind if you think Slovenia is going to only win 10 games against the worst team in the NBA. But there's a lot of mental things in this in this business. <laughs> the pros, the professional ranks, especially when you're the number one league, these players who are usually not focused for 82 games will would be focused 82 games out of the 82 if their pride or their, their dignity is on the line. And if they were threatened to being looking like chumps, you know, day in and day out, it's very likely they're going to 
you know, try to make amends to that. That's why a lot of times when you see bulletin board material, you see the the team that that got clowned, you see them play at a different level because they they've all suckered into that nobody believed in us BS and no, you know, that they're saying we can't win. A lot of it's so bad that some people will actually say it in interviews when no one even actually said it. People kind of manifest that stuff in their heads, even though it didn't happen. And in this situation, it would be that. It would be, hey, guys, you guys are playing the, the Euros, you know, the guys that only know how to shoot and they play team-oriented ball. Well, you're going to have a couple of guys that can jump out the building and say, this ain't college anymore, guys. We run this thing, and this is a league of individual talent, and individual talent is what wins. And there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, t- team basketball helps, but one of the things I love about the NBA versus the, the, the amateur ranks is I don't like, a, I don't like too much flexing. I don't like too many of the pass, 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 pass. Everybody gets a chance to the ball and then shoot. Yeah, I watched the triangle offense for years do that in a sense. But then there was always this too when it was showtime. One of the reasons why I like Jay Wright, Jay Wright had a similar system in college where he would let his best players dictate when they needed to go off, off the, the, the offense. I'm an adapt. I I like to adapt. Adapting is one of my favorite words. Adapting to the environment. Adapting to whatever it is that would create logic behind that adaptation. And while most people are stuck in their ways, and I understand that, you know, that's, that's admirable. But in order to progress, you do have to adapt to things that need to be, you know, changed. (laughs) Uh, Fundamentals. Yes, we, we, we always keep our fundamentals. Make sure you don't hurt people. Make sure you're, you know, taking care of your business and not stealing and not, you know, doing things like that. But at the same time, you know, when there's a new thing out there that's going to help you adapt, that's what you do. So that's kind of like what would happen here. You're, you're going to have a, a team that's going to go, yep, we're going to have to adapt to these guys and how they play. And they'll win some games, the guys in Europe. But in the end, the talent's just too big. I still think it'd be between 10 and 20, I think, as far as games that they would win against the lowest uh, NBA team. I think Laker Tom's assessment that they could be as far as, uh, you know, team-oriented and a mental, also as far as from that perspective and just the fact that you're playing against younger talent could be the case where you could see a 25 to 30 win against a the lowest NBA team I could see that happening, but uh, to me, it'd be more like in the 10 to 20 range, but we'll, you know, we'll never find that out because again, uh, unless we go to a worldwide format, which may happen, may not happen. We'll see what the league expands to. We'll see how that, that takes place. I would love to see that. Would you love to see that Joe? I would love to see that. I know we talk about the NFL, every, you know, expanding into London and things of that nature. I, I would like to see as far as the NBA expand to Mexico city, London, Europe, I'd love to see them go ahead and expand. Lo- logistic, logistically, after Las would, Vegas, of course, and Seattle. Logistically, it would be extremely impossible. Yeah, uh, that but, would have to actually get. But shorter. what would have to happen is we would have to have NBA China they could play virtually. <laughs> it, Don't they do that already? UK. They, they they would have to. They would have to have separate conferences or leagues. Let's say, I actually thought about this years ago. If you had a a league in Australia, a league in China, because those are mass locations, a league in Russia, a league in Europe, a league in South Af- South America, 
a league in America, right? In Canada, let's say. You, you This might be something in 100 years that might be possible. I don't know. I just kind of thought ahead of it. If you want to make it a world game, everyone wins their particular territory, and then those teams meet in the playoffs, and you have a a, a region, regional country area that will dictate the true world champion. The American would, finals, and then the, uh, the Europeans have their finals, the Asians have their finals, and Australia and Antarctica has their finals, and then you have the final four. I mean, you think about it. China, Russia. China, Russia. Those are two separates, let's say. China, Russia, Europe. Australia, South America, and, and and the United States. That's seven. You need you have to have eight. You have to have eight to I, make. I, it I don't work. think there's going to be a lot of people playing in Antarctica, though. Um, well, you got you got to you got to have an eighth one. You know, maybe it's the Eastern Conference or Western Conference of the yeah, NBA. Yeah, split the U.S. into two. Six, on that. The six other continents, figuratively, of course. <laughs> I I don't know. I I I guess we could go eight, but it would be David would, Silver's counting the money right now. It would it, it would take it would take years to to get something that's set up. I mean, Adam Adam Silver, Adam Silver. Adam Silver would be way way gone by then for this to start. But that would be or your Europe versus NBA I, Africa, I, NBA Amer- South America. You, you can NBA say North you can America. say Africa. Okay, let's let's say Africa. Even though I know Africa is kind of very. Well, they get territorial or, draft picks going forward, but they are growing. I mean, the they are they are growing. Concerted, concerted effort to go ahead and and there's a whole you know, basketball organization that, from the NBA. You can they, they do yeah, they, towards basketball. Even yeah, more. they do have they do have NBA Africa. I know because my 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 friend who who I'm in the video game business with, his dad is Joby Wright. He played in the NBA. He was an assistant coach with Bobby Knight at Indiana and coached at Wyoming and Georgia State. He was a an NBA representative in Africa and help kids out there learn how to play basketball and at schools there and everything. Uh, that that could be your eighth league. You could start actually right now with Europe, um, North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia, because you've got professional leagues in all of those. China, Russia, Africa, Europe, Australia, South America. What, 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 what would I miss? I missed something again. North Antarctica, America, man. You keep missing well, So North America, South America, that's Got two right big there. Ten down there. Russia man. and China, Australia, Africa, and what was the other one? Europe. There you go. Boom. You have was it is it eight? Did I count it or did I count it wrong? <laughs> Either way, that would be the way it would go. I, I think that's what would happen. And each section wins their their territory, and then you create the playoffs into uh wow, well, I could turn read. it you could turn it into a board game, sort of like risk, you know. <laughs> I, I can see, you know, Joe's trying to talk it seriously. Laker Tom is still talking board games in Antarctica. So there well, you it's are. sort of like Risk, you know, Africa versus, I mean, it's the perfect board game. All right. But if you have thoughts out there on an actual international expansion for the NBA and also your thoughts on the EuroLeague, the atmosphere in the EuroLeague is second to none. I will give them that. Just. If you've you had a chance to watch it, I know Rafael Barlow, my good friend from the NBA Draft Junkies and NBA Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. He has gone on as far as saying so much about it, uh, you know, in regards to the experience. So I, I you know, if you see, you, I would be something great to experience. So I cannot 
ever say anything bad about the experience in your league as far as the atmosphere is concerned. The talent, I know that's up for equations. That's up for everybody to go ahead and decide for themselves. But if you have thoughts on the EuroLeague or an international expansion for the NBA, please let us know. LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or in the comments below. And also make sure you sign up today. You go ahead and you register. You go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube. Go ahead and make sure you follow Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com. He has his latest article right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Joe's you know, groups over there at LakersBall.com. That's Ox1947. He'll go ahead and answer your comments and questions today at LakersBall.com. Want to go ahead and mention again, I had a great conversation with Sean Grice. Everything went fluidly and went good. You can go ahead and check it out today. I dropped it on the audio and YouTube podcast outlets. Plus also as well, he mentions that I am right in a certain area and Joe is wrong. So go ahead and check out what I am right on and Joe is wrong on, according to Sean Grice. That's on YouTube and also audio podcasts as well. Right about what? You'll have to listen or watch the episode to find out, my friend. Just giving you the Rob Van Dam. The Rob Van Dam, indeed. There'll be six six leagues. Okay. Not seven or eight. There'll be six. We got to set up for or you with a meeting with Adam Silver. You would combine Russia and China. You'd call them the Asia location. And Laker Tom will be in charge of Antarctica. There you go. So you'd have two teams. You'd have two teams that get the. You'll, you'll have to play. Uh, you get a bye. Somebody will have to get a bye. <laughs> two teams. Oh left. my gosh! Bye. The headaches begin. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All for the dollar. All for the dollar, indeed. But well, thank you so kinda, much. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. Actually, I, I, I'm not against it. No. Hey, anyway, can go ahead and spark interest in the league around the world. I know that the NBA is all in on that. But everyone out I, I there, think we Joe t- should design a T-shirt and start selling it on Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Team Antarctica. There you go. And on Shopify. Uh, absolutely. Etsy. There you go. All right. But it, once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. We are not Team Antarctica Podcast. We are the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Want to go ahead and thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly love the comments by Johnny2k6, our friend overseas who commented on the EuroLeague. Johnny 2K6 FIBA Champions League. There you go. FIBA Champions League. Petting my cat. Also great as well. Thank you so much for stopping by as always. Truly appreciate it. If you have any questions again for us at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Well, we will be back with more episodes. We will find more things to talk about, whether it's schedule or trade related or Lakers related or Russell Westbrook related or LeBron James related or NBA related or international basketball related we'll go ahead and make sure we got something to talk about and make sure we bring you some good stuff as always right here at the lakers fast break podcast